0: Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore.
1: And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference.
0: And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God image Him to the world through your work and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we jump into conversation with our guests today, we want to thank the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary for sponsoring this episode. New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and Level College desire for women to be theologically grounded servants of Jesus who abide in the word their heart is to help women answer God's call to ministry leadership. If that sounds like you, then today, visit prepareher.com. Thank you so much, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Hey, you guys. Today, we have an amazing guest on the show. Her name is Rachel Brock. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Rachel. She is the founder of Ministry Desk. Ministry Desk is a remote executive and administrative assistant agency for Christian leaders of churches, nonprofits, and businesses. Rachel has been serving in administrative roles for over 10 years, and she currently serves as the executive assistant to the president of Reaching and Teaching International Ministries. Prior to this, she served as the assistant to Dr. Albert Moeller, who is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. She did that for several years. That's my alma mater. (laughs) Rachel graduated from Texas A&M University, where she received a bachelor's degree in human resource development, and she has a minor in business administration. She and her husband, Nathan, live in Louisville, Kentucky, and they have four kids. Rachel, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to get to know you guys and talk more
1: us too. We're excited. Rachel, what we love to do every time we interview our guests is to ask them what we call our rapid fire questions. And that's what those questions are really what we use to get to know you help our audience get to know you more. So the first one is, as a kid, what did you want to do when you grew up?
2: I wanted to be a hotel manager. Um, That was something that always interested me growing up. Uh, We would travel a lot as a family and uh, that's just what I wanted to do.
1: That's the best. No one has said that on the show. Like, wow. I think that that's the most
0: unique one. That's a yeah, new one. Like for sure. <laughs> I think <It's> so fun. <laughs> 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 well, Rachel, <laughs> what was your first job?
2: Ironically, it was at a hotel. Um, I worked in the summers growing up in high school at a, a resort in our hometown. And I was an activity attendant our coordinator. And so it was in the Texas heat outside. Um, It sounds a lot better than it was. (laughs) It was super, super hot, but it was really fun. And that was um, the first work experience I had.
0: How interesting. That's also a first on the show, Missy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, I feel like the administrative part of you, Probably had its opportunity to start flourishing in those in
0: those types of jobs in that space. You know what that takes me back to, (laughs) guys. um, Saved by the Bell. Do you guys remember (laughs) the summer series when they all (laughs) went to the beach and served (laughs) at (laughs) that resort? (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, you might be younger than us, so I don't know if you watched that. But I'm having flashbacks.
1: So it's true, yes. Anyway, okay. okay. Last question. Last question. What kind of work do you want to be doing when you turn eighty?
2: That's a great question. I actually love what I'm doing now. Um remote work is so flexible. I don't really ever see myself going back into an office. So I want to do this hey. as long as I can.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Rachel, take us back. You said your summer job was in Texas. Tell us about just kind of where you grew up, your family. Um, you you got four kids uh, we mentioned earlier. Just give us a just kind of broad, just tell us a tiny bit sure. about you
2: yeah, I grew up in the Houston, Texas area, um lived there most of my life into high school. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to texas a and M University after I graduated from college and had a really great experience there, um, was involved at a wonderful local church. Um, During that time, I had an internship at a a big corporation, and that's when I realized that is not what I wanted to do. Um, And so, during college, I really didn't have any grand plans for a career path or anything like that. I really wanted to, you know, eventually get married, have a family, Um, and because of that, my mind just wasn't focused on uh, corporate America or anything like that. And so, when I graduated, When I got close to graduating, I really had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I liked my major in human resources, but those jobs tended to be in those corporate settings that I just really wasn't attracted to. And um, there was a man at my church who was the headmaster of a Christian school in the area, and he just happened to be looking for an assistant. And the job kind of just fell into my lap and I honestly just needed an income. Um, and so I did it. And that's what I did for a year after college. And I absolutely loved it. I was so surprised uh, that I liked oh, it that man. much. And so at the mm-hmm. time, um, I also was just really learning about theology and that was really just piquing my curiosity and asking myself, what am I going to do the next five, 10 years? And so... Um, I decided to go to Southern to study counseling, Southern Seminary, um, mm-hmm. with the goal of also working there. And the Lord just really provided in those ways. Um, I got a job in the president's office as a receptionist to start and went up there by myself one summer and started taking classes in the evenings and uh, quickly just loved the situation. It was Wonderful. Um, And soon after I got there, there was a vacancy uh, in another position in that office, uh, the assistant admin assistant position. I transitioned into that. um, And again, just loved that job so much and was there for about five years. And during that time, my husband and I got married um, and we had our first kid. And that's when I transitioned out and started just looking around for opportunities for remote work. Um, I ended up with uh, reaching and teaching at that time and just worked five hours a week uh, while we had our first baby. My husband was finishing up seminary and uh, from seminary, he ended up getting a job at Indianapolis as a pastor. And so we moved there and continued to grow our family. And then um, during COVID is when I started Ministry Desk. That had been um, a long time uh thoughtful plan uh that took many years to come to fruition Um, and i know we're going to talk more about that later but that's when that started during covid um and then we actually just recently moved back to louisville um, and we had our fourth trial a few months ago so that's
1: where we are now okay so well that's good one of my questions i mean you your story is so great right you sound like um probably a lot like more women than people would think because uh-huh. just because I'm in school studying something and getting a degree does not mean that I have a vision for how that's gonna work out for later. And right, so yeah. that's really interesting. Right. I'm, I'm interested in talking about that more. But before we talk yeah. about that, Tell us, I know you said that you come from a Christian family, but Mm -hmm. how did you come to faith? How did you become a Christian? When did the Lord capture your heart?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I grew up going to church, uh, being told truth from the Bible. Um, I made a profession of faith when I was in middle school, Um, but I actually don't think it was until I was older in college that I really, uh, truly believed the gospel um, and how this played out was I, when I went to Texas a and I got really involved in a local church there and um, had some really great friends and mentors. Uh, I was even involved in leadership in a Christian sorority. And I mean, it's crazy looking back. Um, and there was a particular semester that I applied to be a counselor at a Christian, a well-known Christian camp. And I got denied because the clarity of the gospel on my application was not clear. Um, and that really sparked uh, a struggle in me, uh, is to, do I really, am I really saved, honestly? Um, and looking back, I just see the Lord's providence in that situation. And so for several months, I, uh, just struggled internally with what was going on. Um, I also, as I got more involved in that church, it became harder to keep up the, image of, uh, that I was trying to portray. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, do, I wouldn't say I was looking back. I don't remember feeling like I was working for righteousness, more of working to maintain this image. Um, and so, uh, because of this struggle going on internally, I just decided to start reading the Bible in its entirety and did that for several months. And, um, the Lord just really opened my eyes to truly believe the truths that I already, known in my head, if that makes sense. Um, I became Mm -hmm. just very aware of my sin and my depravity and, um, just knew I needed to believe in Jesus for his righteousness. Um, and there definitely was an internal shift that happened. Um, and I mean, on the outside, you may or may not have been able to tell. I, I always tried to follow the rules and expectations and, uh, live up to what I knew to be right. Um, but there was definitely Mm -hmm. a uh, shift in self-reliance to Jesus and um, uh, a love for his word in the church and all of those things. And so the trajectory of my life really changed um, that year. And so I wouldn't say uh, for sure that that's when I became a Christian. I mean, the Lord knows, and I just trust in that. I mean, different people could struggle with assurance of faith. So I would never want to cause anyone else to, Struggle in that way, um, if it's not right. necessary. Um, and so I really, when people ask when I became a Christian, I say, I think that that's when it was. Um, you know, if someone else mm-hmm. is struggling knowing is if you're believing in Jesus now that he died for your sins, then you have assurance that that's, you know, you believe. Um, but for me, I really do think that true repentance and faith came in college.
0: Fascinating! Yes. I love that. I love how the, the job you applied for. They were like, hmm, "No, oh, like you need to go back." Good them. You
1: can't tell
0: us clearly, then you're not going to tell anybody else
1: clearly. No, no
2: thank
0: you. Yeah.
2: you feel like, Let <laughs> right. me work in the kitchen. <laughs> so I did <spend laughs> that. <December. laughs> wow, yes.
0: that's awesome. Gorgeous. So you actually probably were yeah. around other Christians anyway. I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we do want to get into like hearing about ministry desk, but yeah. you know, Rachel. I love people like you because I am not gifted administratively and I can't, to me, even thinking (laughs) about this type of work, the task, it's so overwhelming to me. It's just, it doesn't even sound fun to me. So I really just want to start the conversation with just tell us how in your mind, coming from someone who is very good at this, and this is how your brain operates and processes, tell us, how would you even just define administration? Just lay it out for us,
2: right? Sure. Okay. I'll just be super simple. I think it is overseeing the systems and processes of an organization to accomplish its goals and missions and mission. Um, I mean, obviously it can be way more involved in that and it depends on your specific role in the organization, but just a general oversight.
0: Just overseeing these processes, and I mean Insistence. it's a lot when you even just saying that the processes in an organization <laughs> yeah. there are so many processes in an organization, yeah, there really um, are, <laughs> so it's just I don't know it gets it gets full I don't know my my brain gets very full thinking about that. My mom is an administrator,
1: and that's what she does, and she loves it, and it's. Crazy because I'm just like, Mom, that is not my gift. But then I have a daughter who is hyper administrative, and uh-huh. I used to tell her she's my admin all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah. She's grown and doesn't live with me anymore. So that's a little sad, but <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I believe it's a gift. I really do. Like, oh, everyone definitely. can do what administrators can do.
0: Well, and it also takes me so much longer when I try to. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if there's just like a task, I mean, it's like, we have a sweet girl Erica who works uh, serves with us with women at work and she's uh-huh. gifted this way. She can get a task done. I mean, it is like this. And I uh-huh. it, it would have taken me an hour and a half to do that just to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Well,
1: what led you to become interested in this type of work?
2: Yeah, I honestly think it goes back to that experience in college or after college where I just needed a job and there there was a job and I did it and then it kind of just I realized that it was a true uh, gifting I didn't know was there I I really Mm -hmm. just had to do it to realize I enjoyed it um Mm -hmm. so that's really just how it started um I mean I do think as we talked about with the the hotel manager answer I do think there were seeds of the enjoyment of this aspect as a kid even um just playing office or playing hotel or whatever, you know, things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I didn't uh, really think about this type of work until I was actually doing it. So. But see, That's
0: your sweet. major, I'm going back to what your major and your minor were. Yeah. You still, you're, yeah, I was like, God really put that in you as a kid. And mm-hmm. then somehow, yeah. even when you made it to college, somehow. you knew. <laughs> yeah, well, ironically,
2: <laughs> Uh, the only reason I picked that major at the time is I actually transferred from one college to another and didn't want to lose credits. And so that was the major I went into um, and I was interested in it, but it wasn't this, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. So it's really a lot of pieces kind of aligned. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow. I love to see that. It's like the Lord knew though. He knew you needed to be majoring in those things. (laughs) Awesome. And so, I imagine, you know, you're saying you're going into this first job there working at the school under this headmaster. Um, and you said you were surprised by how much you loved it. I mean, did you quickly learn like, oh my gosh, I'm actually like really good at this too. I love it and I'm good at it. Like, how did you start to recognize, wow, like I'm actually skilled?
2: Um, you know, I think there was a few different elements, and I think this could be said for anybody and any sort of gifting. there was an ease to it, there was a joy that yeah. came from it, and there was just an mm-hmm. affirmation from the people that I worked with. Um, so I think the combination of those things are what really uh, helped me recognize that this is this is a good thing
1: for me yeah what are what are your favorite parts of administration? like what are the tasks that you specifically love to do?
2: Sure. I think as an assistant, I love to just get behind somebody and help them uh, do their job better, do the things they enjoy. Um, it's interesting leading ministry to us not in that assistant role, actually, Um, the tension is interesting. Um, So um, there's aspects to that I really love. I think I have an entrepreneurial spirit um, and can think through systems and processes, but there are also some aspects of being a leader that are not natural to me. Um, And so I think when I think of administration, my default is to think in that assistant mindset, because that's where I feel like I'm really gifted in and helping support the leaders to do, um, their goals and, uh, just go faster at what they're doing, honestly. Um, but administratively speaking over an organization, I would say I love, um, supporting people and providing them work. Um, and I love making processes and systems function in the most efficient way that they can, which I think plays out in both of those categories.
0: I think that's really beautiful. I mean, just what you just mm-hmm. said, it is such a gift <laughs> for you to be able to do that, um, making things run smoothly. And even this is so basic, but it is something I really struggle with, is prioritizing what's most important. I mean, I'm sure, Rachel, for you, you could look at, you know, a week's worth of work and just figure out immediately, okay, this is number one. Number two, somebody like me, Rachel, we struggle We struggle with just even prioritizing to make it go faster. okay.
2: I have other things I struggle with. You know,
0: I just think it's, Mm -hmm. I think just in general, the gift of administration is not praised enough, you know? Um,
2: Well, it's a very behind the scenes role. And I think the people who enjoy it like it that way, (laughs) you know? Probably so. so. That actually makes sense. yeah. So.
0: All right. So, just go ahead and tell us all about Ministry Desk. Um,
2: what you do, how it started. Share with us. Great. Um, so, Ministry Desk uh, started, as I said, a few years ago. Uh, the seeds of it did. I I've been working remotely uh, in the same role for reaching teaching for several years, and I've only done between five to ten hours a week in a week. But during that time. Um, I think the networks from working at Southern for so long and then just the SBC and whatnot, mm-hmm. I knew a lot of women from those work experiences um, that were now home with their kids or just their husbands or pastors and they moved away. They left their, their admin roles. Um and then on the other side of that, there's just a network of people who came through the seminary and our church and uh friends and pastors my husband worked with. And, you know, there's just there the two networks were there. Um and so over time people would ask me, Oh, do you have time to do this? or do you know someone who could help so and so? And I'd always say, No, I don't have time, but I know someone who, who does. <laughs> um and so it kind of with a natural development, um, based on those networks that were already in place. And so Um, it was probably about a year before COVID started that I started thinking more seriously about it. Um, but didn't, I just didn't have the time to put a lot of effort, energy into thinking this through. And so it was a very, very Mm -hmm. slow process. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. and when COVID
2: did hit, all of a sudden we had all this time on our hands, (laughs) um, because of everything being shut down. We had really little kids who went to bed early and just a lot of time. And so... We decided that you know maybe now is the time to see if we can do this. Um, and we didn't really know. I say we because my husband, I mean, he was definitely an active part of this as well. Um, didn't really know what would come of this. I had pretty honestly, uh, I don't want to say low expectations, but I wasn't planning on it for it to grow super quickly. Um, and so I started off by just doing a ton of research on how to build a business and what I need to, do to register the business and systems and uh, CRM and... Um, just what I needed to do. Also, we had the goal that if this were to take off, like, obviously I, in this season of life cannot handle, um, running a business on my own. And so we made the choice when we started to leverage quite a bit and any money that was made for the business went into actually paying for other people to help me do it. And so we actually didn't take a profit from it for a while um and the lord he really provided amazing women to help me do this there's three in particular who are extremely gifted and extremely experienced in the areas that they serve um and they do a lot for ministry desk and so I'm able to sit back and enjoy overseeing uh the company as a whole um and uh meeting with the clients who are interested and so it's been really neat to see how the Lord's provided in those ways. Um, and so how Ministry Desk uh, is set up is we contract uh, assistance. So we we are set up, the clients come to Ministry Desk and then we subcontract the workout. Um, and so what this looks like is we have an application process that's really extensive. Um, there's an application phase, an assessment, a few interviews, um and we look for women who are experienced as a executive assistants um we want our clients to be matched with somebody who can come in and know what to do so this definitely isn't the type of place uh for entry level work or um someone who needs training and so that's what we tell our clients and that's what we provide them um and so awesome. it's great because we can uh, provide very part-time roles to women to work from home in different seasons and stages of their life. Um, and because they're contractors, we really value that uh, classification status. So we respect, you know, they can work when they want it. We want them to be available and responsive during business hours, but um, they're very much in control of their own schedule and how they do things. Um, and essentially, Our assistants are business owners themselves, um, because we're contracting them for their services for our clients. So it's a very unique, um, modern way of, uh, doing business. And, um, that's, so that's how it came about. This just sounds so
1: empowering, like in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Like I've I've spent years as a stay-at-home mom. So I but I'm also just by personality a hustler. So there's something going on. Uh-huh. We we're, we're doing something, <laughs> some business. Yeah. We gotta sell something, we gotta make something, we gotta go somewhere. Like uh-huh. we are we're on the move. But I do think that there was a sense in which Like I really was searching for that opportunity to be doing something that I felt like was mine and an an asset to our family that I was contributing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't taking me away from the role that I chose, which was to be this man's wife and home with these children. And everyone can't choose that. But for those who can, or for those who can't, this is maybe an opportunity for them to be able to because Mm -hmm. here's work that they can do. I just think that's so beautiful. So what what would you say are the goals for Ministry Desk as it relates to the pastors, leaders, nonprofits, and things like that?
2: Sure. Um, For the clients, the pastors and nonprofit leaders, uh, our goal is to provide them with an experienced assistant um, when they maybe don't need a full-time employee or someone on site. Uh, I mean, nowadays, a lot of nonprofits are remote. Um, so we can provide them someone who's who's experienced and there's just an amazing amount of work that can be done in five to 10 hours a week. Um, like the efficiency of having Mm -hmm. someone who's experienced and not in an office where there's coffee breaks and talking and, um, it's just a bang for your buck, honestly. So, um, uh we're trying to provide a cost effective way for them to get help. Um, And then for the women who serve, uh, we want to provide flexible jobs, like you said, to be resourceful for your family or, um, you know, we have a few assistants who are not moms, um, one of which her husband's in med school or he's in med school, he's about Mm -hmm. to be applying for residency, so she gets to go with him and visit places, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So
0: just to be able to provide
2: the flexibility for different life stages for women is really great.
0: That's what I was just thinking. And when, I mean, it makes such sense for um, women who want to stay home with their kids, but it also, I mean, single women could do this. I mean, there are, there are a lot oh, of yeah. people and I guess, I guess technically it doesn't have to be even just women, huh, Rachel? I mean,
2: oh yeah, <laughs> well, know. I'm talking to women because this is a
0: podcast for women, but we definitely. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Right, I just right, had right, that right, thought right, pop yeah. in my head, but yeah. Um, It's just, is really accessible for, like you said, women in various seasons of life. Um, I mean, there could be many reasons why you just need to be home.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, the one aspect of this is that we don't, since it's not an employment situation, like we don't have benefits, it's not um, full-time, that sort of a thing. So there is that category for if you're doing this full-time, then it might not be, I mean, it's probably not the best situation for some people, but for those who want a more flexible part-time Type of work.
0: It's great. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize until you just said that you actually began this during COVID. And, of course, the whole world became very familiar with Zoom and remote work <laughs> yes. during the pandemic. I think if you hadn't been on Zoom yeah. at this point, I don't know <laughs> what's going on in your life. But Wait, what? Nothing will get you on Zoom then. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, you know, just the things like you're providing, there are so many positives to remote work, um, but there's also probably some negatives, too. Like what, as you're kind of looking at this trend right now, what are you seeing in terms of both positive aspects of working from home and then Maybe some areas that, I don't know, you kind of wish would be different.
2: Yeah, I think um, a, both a positive and a negative would be the flexibility. Um, I think not everybody can do this well. It takes a lot of self-discipline and a certain personality type to shut your mind off from work when you're done. And if you have yeah. other responsibilities to prioritize those and to get the hours in that you say you're going to do if you're contracted at a certain amount, Um so I think that's one aspect that could be, again, both positive and negative. Yes, it provides flexibility. But yes, on the other hand, you have to do well with that <laughs> and manage that well. Sure. Um, I also think organizationally speaking, uh, there is a negative component to just not interacting with people face to face on a regular basis. Um, I don't think Zoom meetings are ideal all the time. Um Versus meeting, there's just something about meeting with someone in person that's just better, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think organizations are also figuring out how to navigate that and how to work with it, that sort of culture. If it's a remote organization and do that well, um, I think just taking opportunities to find ways to connect in person is a great way to do that. Um, those are my main things. I think too, and this goes back to the flexibility, just the work-life balance. Um, again, is we say it's a work-life balance, but is it really? If you're trying to juggle too many things, um, and we can right. talk more about that, I think right. later on. Um, but that's also it can be a really stressful thing if you don't do that well. So
1: yeah, one of the um, values of being a good administrator, in my opinion, would be efficiency. And when you think about with women in work, we that is one of our values. And here in my office, I have a thing up of our core values, and efficiency is definitely one of those things. And I know that one of your passions is helping women to navigate how to work more efficiently in this current season of life. So, what are some wisdom principles or practical tips mm-hmm. that you've discovered to help people um, remain faithful in their areas that God has called them to? And Even recognizing in work, whether it's the way we spend our time in work or other areas of our lives, efficiency is actually a great value to have.
2: Yeah, I think it takes uh, looking at the responsibilities that you have, um, the biggest ones and prioritizing those, Um, looking at where you're gifted
0: and often
2: operating in ways you're gifted will be more efficient in and of itself than if you're doing something that you really don't enjoy or, and I obviously we all have to serve in ways that we're not gifted at times. That's pretty common, but in the big responsibility of things, if you can choose to do things that you really enjoy doing, it will just naturally be more efficient. Um, I think too, being okay with different seasons, looking differently. Uh, my husband and I are constantly reevaluating. It seems like every year we kind of come up with a new rhythm for what we want things to look like. And, uh, shifting happens. And so I think being okay with realizing work in different seasons, it can be fluid. Um, and then very practically speaking, uh, I'm a big fan of time blocking. And so during my day, you know, usually, and it depends on the day too. And what's uh, like, if my kids are in school one day or not, um, blocking out chunks of time throughout the day with goals for what needs to happen during those times um, and creating a time budget. And, um, in essence, sort of like a financial budget where you know what you have to do and you know you have a plan for it and create some margin so that if things go wrong, you're not stuck. But um having a game plan for how to spend your time as well, those would be my suggestions.
0: That's helpful. Yeah. I think that's helpful. I think it's also hard. I think it's really hard. Yeah. I hear <laughs> you and I'm like, oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> Um, I think we
2: have to realize our, our limits. like we can't do it all. In fact, you see these pictures online of moms, like typing at their computer with their toddler sitting next to them. And I'm like, that is not my experience. (laughs) No, it's just not reality for a lot of people. Um, and I think too, like everyone's going to have stress in their life and you have Mm, to pick what stress you want, you know, and what you, uh, you know, for the mom who, works full time so that she can maybe send her kids to um, a more expensive school. Like that's one stress or the mom who chooses not to work at all. So she can homeschool Um, that creates a different type of stress. And then the single person who maybe they are choosing a really demanding job for uh, it takes up a lot of their time to be around unbelievers or to do um, certain things that yeah. they feel like they're called to do. Like every situation which has some sort of stress with it. So I think figuring out like what stress you want to choose and what your limits are.
0: That's huge. Realizing what your limits are.
1: You know what is funny because f- for me when the shutdown happened and everybody had to stop working, I didn't. I was forced to go to work, but then I was also forced to do so much on Zoom. And so all of the freedom that people were excited about by this remote work and this time off felt like just so much more pressure for me. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, My God. And I go sit in an apartment by myself <laughs> with no yeah. with no one but Jesus, you know? And so I do yeah. think that there was, a, there was while, like a lot of us had just so many different experiences with it, which is one of the things I appreciated that you said. And of course we're still chatting and we can come back to it. But mm-hmm. one of the things that you said, Rachel, was that stress has come for, to all of us differently and like the idea of our efficiency really coming from us spending times on the thing that we're most naturally gifted in really both allows us to be more efficient, one, but I think it also allows us to glory in the fact that God has given us certain gifts and Mm -hmm. it's okay that they're all different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that's the part that stuck out to me. Like, yes, right. Like I'm not administrative. Courtney's not administrative, but like we feel inferior to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have never host a podcast.
1: so <laughs> It's like whenever somebody says they're administrative, I'm like, oh
0: God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't be my friend, please.
1: <laughs> right. But there's a sense in which But there are ways that we can be more efficient if we find our strengths and walk in them. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that was just really beautifully brought out.
0: I agree. I agree. So, Rachel, one of the things we love to talk about at Women in Work, um, and this actually goes back to really just the core of who we are as an organization, we love to think about the various attributes of God, who He is, His nature, His qualities, um, and how we can really image Him. Through what we do, it's a topic we don't hear a ton about, and that's why we stress it so much. We love to think about it. Um, is there a way that women who are gifted administratively, how, how, what, what can we learn about God through the gift of administration? through this line of work?
2: Sure. Um, You know, God is a God of order. Uh, you see this throughout the Bible and creation and uh, the building of the ark and so many examples. And so I think realizing that there's a key part as an image bearer of that orderliness within us, that we can display that. Um, and that comes out in just being excellent in what you do. And, um, you know, if, if you're administratively gifted and enjoy processes and systems and things like that, but that that uh, relates very well to that. Um, I also think God's generosity and kindness uh, when in administrative roles can really um, be another attribute that can be displayed um, when you're working with other people, um, being charitable, making charitable judgments, um, being kind, being generous with your time and with your um, uh, resources. Um, those are all ways I think that that can be displayed. And just seeing the best in other people, honestly, especially working remotely, um, as women, I think maybe it's just me, but sometimes you can read an email and be like, what do they really mean by that? Or, oh, they didn't, they didn't use any exclamation points. Are they okay? You know, things like that. And just giving people (laughs) the benefit of the doubt. Um, and not, yeah, I think that especially working remotely, I think that's really important. Um, and being gracious, um, I think, uh, you know, the Lord is very gracious with us. And when you work with people, people mess up and people, you see things in people up close that, especially working in an administration level, um, I think just keeping that gospel awareness mindset um, that we are all broken and we need a savior and even believers are not above that <laughs> um, will help in being gracious towards others you work with.
0: Just as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking you just briefly mentioned like Noah building the ark. And I, I even it made me think of just um, in the Old Testament when uh, the building of the temple and like mm-hmm. you're talking about processes and
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. prioritizing yeah. and
0: lining up the people to do this job and this job. And, you know, that's quite a, a ta- that was quite a task. And even God himself, I mean, you think about the definition you gave for administration, Overseeing or managing, I mean, that is what he's doing right now as king, mm-hmm. overseeing and in man, and yes. managing this world yes. he made. Um, mm-hmm. so it is such a beautiful way. I think that we do image him, um, figuring out, I mean, I go back to, I, we always talk about the creation mandate here, Genesis 128, um, and how ruling and cultivating I don't know. The process is involved, I think, in building society. And I think administration is such a massive part of that. Helping society develop to bring about the intended purpose that God, God has for the development of cities and metropolis and, I mean, just the whole thing. Am I making sense, friends? Yeah, Yeah. Yes.
1: And I would just add, I think that administration has gotten a bad rap in our culture. And part of that is because we're so about being upfront and public and people know me and I'm special and I'm an influencer that no one wants to really remember that it's the administrators that have all of this actually happening. None of this is happening without someone who is actually making it get done behind
0: the scenes. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think that's really beautiful that God Himself administers. Is that the verb you would use? He's overseeing all of these things. And
2: that can look different in different areas, too, you know, work or home, church. Um,
0: oh, for sure.
2: You know, very on a practical level, just uh, in your own family, setting budgets and routines and things like that.
1: So, administration is therefore equivalent in a lot of ways, with leadership.
2: Yeah, there's always an element of leadership, I think, in that even if you're overseeing an organization or helping someone oversee it. um, But I think often we think of leadership as the person you see, the face of the organization. um, And often there's these quiet leaders behind the scenes, supporting them um, in their own ways. Well, and even
0: leading yourself. I mean, going back to the time block thing. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) we have to budget our time and just, you know, our own schedules um, to lead ourselves well and and efficiently.
1: So then how can um, pastors or business leaders or nonprofit organizations get associated with these administrative leaders that you have? How can they get connected through Ministry Desk um, when they're looking for an assistant or... Something.
2: Sure. Um, our website is ministrydesk dot co. Um, there is a, a link on there to submit an inquiry if it's a client looking for an assistant. Um, and after that's done, they'll get sent an automated email with a link, a PDF with more information, and we normally set up a call to talk with them about their needs. Um, and then an assistant who is interested in working with us, um, there's also a link on the website to apply. And that will take them through the application process.
1: I have a question. This, this, One of the things that is always intriguing to me is when someone decides that they want to start a business, particularly an online business, there are so many random things that you've got to know and learn. And when you touched on them a little bit earlier, you went Mm -hmm. to school for HR, but that didn't necessarily tell you how to set up your website and how to um, manage the finances for everything and all of those things. So what were some of the resources that you have used in that you probably learned even on the fly during a pandemic, you know, Uh to be able to make many ministry desk be successful?
2: Uh, that's a great question. Um, a lot of research was done through uh, some Facebook groups, some business. Uh, well, being a remote administrative assistant, even if you don't have a business like ministry desk, there's still a business aspect to it um, because you are self-employed, you're a tenant and contractor. And so um, a lot has been learned through those types of groups. Um I think utilizing people who are way more knowledgeable than me, who I know, uh we use marketing for our website, which is a friend, he does a phenomenal job, and then I use a uh accounting company he does the accounting and then Perfect. um have a talent manager who I mean, it just again, it goes back to doing what you're gifted at and allowing other people to do what they're gifted at. And so I think utilizing resources and uh people who know way more than I do has been what has made this happen. That is so great.
0: That is so great. It's really encouraging because I think we all look at ourselves and think, wow, I could never pull that off. And it's just, we need each other. I think that's part of what it is to be human, um, that that we're limited. We have lack, you know, our capacity is, we just need each other. And so it's really encouraging to hear you say that. Well, Rachel, as yeah. we wrap up, this is something we ask all of our guests. Um, what is one piece of advice that you would leave with women who just really have a heart to honor God through their vocational calling?
2: That's a great question. Um, I'd say just to pray and ask God to help you give, for Him to give you wisdoms how to steward your talent, time, responsibilities, priorities um, well, because uh, He's given us all different giftings, gift, different responsibilities in our life. Um I mean, first and foremost, as a follower of Christ, he's our most biggest priority and in the local church and our families. Um, and so I think just praying for wisdom in that and realizing that, uh, you know, God is limitless. We are not. <laughs> so realizing your limits and um, mm-hmm. always being okay if there needs to be a shift in direction or a shift in the priorities to align with those things um, and just resting, honestly, in Christ's work for us and being free to, um, not feel like you have to do it all just to rest in that. Right. That is awesome. We are so grateful. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's so fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I just love that you were faithful to take the next step, um, to, to do what God had called you to do with beginning ministry desk. And I can just see how it blesses organizations and also just women and families. So, um, Grateful for you and grateful to see you really step out in faith to do that. So thanks for coming on today. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, guys. And thanks to our listeners for
1: joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation
0: there. And while you're there, we'd be honored for you to partner with us financially if this podcast or really any of the content Women in Work produces has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you. Women in Work is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all your donations are fully tax deductible.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss another one, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love for you to take a minute to rate and review our show so that more listeners can find
0: us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time.